Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday, May 15th, and we have a very special guest joining us today. But before we get to him, I'm your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me on this lovely Monday morning is my partner in rhyme, Joseph Nardone. Joe, how was your weekend, man? It was the best weekend. It was the greatest weekend. Jared, you know what you could ask? <laughs> I'm, tri- I'm tripping over my own words. Darn it. Oh, I feel like uh, Zaza stepped under my foot. Ooh, ouch. Too soon? Too soon. Always too soon. Did you Finally. see that Did you see that tweet about building your per- uh, perfect basketball player? I did not. Who tweeted it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, like, he had to pick, like, IQ with somebody and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I made the joke, like, it was, like, IQ, like, mine was clearly a joke. Like, I did J.R. Smith for IQ, um, like, Sean Bradley for handles, and for heart, I did Eddie Curry. Oh, was that geez, too, I man. know, was that what too soon? We, what was are that, we doing? It's a Monday, it's a special show, and we're, we're off the rails mm, killing people. What are we I, doing, Joe? I don't know, but I can't even speak this morning. I'm, that's how excited I'm, I am to have Jamil on. <laughs> well, I guess without further ado, then, let's introduce our guest, Joining us today is one of our favorite people in the world, the first ever professional athlete to come on the Relatively Speaking podcast. This man averaged 17.3 points and eight rebounds in 44 games, 34 of which he started for the Texas Legends of the NBA D-League. Welcome to the show, Jamil Warney. Jamil, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Can't be better. Awesome. Well, we usually like to get our guests warmed up with some random questions. So, Joe, I'm going to let you take the lead, and uh, let's get Jamil on the hot seat. Absolutely. Um, we're going to start, yeah, uh, pretty easy, Jamil. We won't throw you right into the fire. Um, at what point, if any, during your time at Stony Brook, did you realize you are going to make some money playing basketball? Uh, I want to say after we beat Washington, uh, I was – Playing really well. I already had a player of the year uh, trophy under my belt. So, I mean, I was getting better every every day. So, I thought I could make some money out of this. Good stuff. All right, I'm going to switch it up and ask you a personal question. Jamil, musically speaking, what artist or artists would most people be surprised to find out that you enjoy listening to? Uh, Ed Sheeran. Uh, oh. Wait, what? He's a great, he's a great musician. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it, Sharon. He's a, all, I got all his albums. His albums look great. His <laughs> lyrics. He's, no, he's Ed Sheeran, he does it, man. He makes good music. I got to say, my biggest problem with Ed Sheeran is you hear his songs on the radio like 10 times in a row, 100 times an hour, and I just get sick of them. But that man makes good music, so I, I cannot hate on that choice. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I still can't tell if you're joking or not. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I love, I love, uh, shape, uh, a new man. I mean, it's, it's a, a great artist. I love, I love his music. Oh man. All right, Jamil. So now that we know you're a little, you're a little different with your musical, <laughs> who's your, uh, uh, taking me out of the equation because we all know I'm your favorite Twitter follow. Who's your other favorite Twitter, uh, person to follow on Twitter? Um, uh, Ooh. Uh, got my mom. Uh, she, uh, she, she don't know how to work Twitter really. So <laughs> she just, she just like things randomly. So it's always funny to just look at her likes to see uh, how she don't know how to use Twitter and uh, just all the <laughs> random things she likes. It's, it's, it's really great. You can't go wrong with that answer ever, especially not today. So way, way to go! Now we know she'll listen and she'll be a fan too. So good, good stuff promoting mom on the show. 
Jamil, my next question is a little bit of a personal one, and I'm going to make it about me. So I'm actually, I'm not from Stony Brook area, but my wife's family is from Smithtown. My father-in-law has season tickets to Stony Brook games. So this question is a little bit about Stony Brook. Is the food better on Long Island or in Frisco? Uh, uh, Long Island. Uh, 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 It's all right, man. You You don't have to lie to make me feel good. I can't imagine food on Long Island is better than anywhere in Texas, but I figured I'd, I'd give you the shot to answer. I mean, yeah, now that you say Frisco, I mean, I've only been there for a few months in Long Island. I've been there for four years, so, I mean, I probably I've had everything, but um, the bagels on Long Island is great. Uh, I, eat, I eat those bagels every day, every day of my <laughs> life, uh, but, you know, Frisco, Frisco are way better food, way better food. <laughs> Jamil, you're a you're a really savvy Twitter user. Um, people that don't follow you probably should. But do you have any advice for other um, anybody else? It could be anybody uh, for sliding th- sliding into somebody else's DMs. Oh, uh, you just gotta be confident. If you <laughs> if if you have a great uh, pickup line, you better better use it. If do you, you have a great pickup line? Ooh, me? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I'm uh, an, I'm an anti DM slider. Um, it's it's kind of I'm I come I kind of don't have any good pickup lines, so I would rather just not try it all and and don't test my luck like that. So, <laughs> I mean. Do you ever have you used the um like hey I'm Jamil Warney yet deal, or do you feel like you're not big enough yet to use your like to be like hey do you uh, know who I am? Yeah, yeah, no, that that'll be pretty embarrassing when they say uh, who's that. <laughs> <laughs> So, nah, they they know who you are, man. All you have to do is say three time America East Player of the Year, and they already know who you are, Jamil. And then he'll say, uh, "That's D two." Oh man, that's that's really funny, and that that's actually it's a good way to transition. Obviously, we have you on the show today because we want to talk about basketball with you. you. You know, you've you had a great college career, one of the most celebrated players in America East history, as we spoke about, which is D one. To those of you who don't know, you should know. But, Jamil, you had a great college basketball season. You're coming off a great year in the D-League, your first year as a professional basketball player. And, obviously, this time of the year, the NBA draft is coming up. You know, the draft lottery's in a couple days. Last week was the combine. So this is a big time for guys getting ready for the draft. We wanted you to talk a little bit about your draft process. Did, did you participate in the combine? Uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't invited, but I went to Portsmouth. So uh, I, I know about some of the draft things. So, I mean, it was a... It was a good experience at that time. So, what what were some of you know the pros and cons of your experience before the draft, leading up to the draft? Kind of you know getting your name on NBA teams' radar. What what was that experience like for you? Oh, it was fun. Uh, it's definitely a one time experience. Uh, you you want to make the best out your abilities. Uh, all a lot of a lot of interviews, a lot of workouts. You had to keep your body healthy uh, while also pushing yourself to get better. Better. Uh, you just gotta be prepared for anything because I know in interviews they ask you a lot of random, random, random questions, and uh, all it takes is one team to love you, so uh, or a whole bunch of teams to love you. So I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun experience, uh, and uh, everyone. I hope everyone in the in this draft does well. So at Definitely. any at any point during that process, did you like? Going in, you probably had an idea how you thought you would do. 
when you started um, seeing yourself matched up against other uh, other prospects, did you ever go like, "Wow, I'm I'm either like a lot better than these guys," or "Oh my god, I have a lot more work to do"? Did that ever happen to you, or did you always feel confident through the whole thing? Uh, that's one thing about me. I'm really confident in what everything, everything I do. Uh, I guess at first you, you think of, oh, they went to a bigger school than me. Oh, uh, they might be way better than me. But once you step on the court, you see how I can play with them, or I'm even better than them. So I mean, I'm a great guy who live off of confidence, though. So I thought I was way better, and um, just I have to, I have to prove it. Without taking any shots at any guys, who were some of the players that either validated or invalidated your NBA prospects before the draft? So who were some of the guys that you went up against and you were like, man, I'm crushing this guy? Or you were like, wow, this guy's tough. Who were some of those guys that, you know, you remember either giving you confidence or kind of hurting you a little bit before the draft? Oh, I mean, I, I really don't remember. I, I just I don't um, really just remember names. I, I just step on I just step on the court and just. Treat everybody the same. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to <laughs> take. I'm trying to take what's mine. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to outwork you. So I mean, I really don't remember names, but I know I got, I got some victims. I got some victims. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I mean, and you're you're a big man. A lot of your game is you know muscling guys around in position. So I'd imagine you're not looking at faces as much as you're just trying to crush these guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to crush their souls. <laughs> I don't need to look at their faces. Well, speaking of not knowing anybody's names, so the summer league came up. I know you discussed this a little bit in the, in, uh, in other interviews that uh, it's kind of difficult playing with guys you didn't really spend time with. What was that whole summer league process like? Oh, uh, it, was, it was fun. I mean, I got to Dallas uh, the 4th of July. Um, we worked out there for a few days uh, just to get accustomed to some of the offense, just to meet the guys. Uh, then one. That Friday we took off because we played on Saturday, but um, you, you just see how um, we're new to uh, we're new to each other. We didn't really know each other's uh, strong suit or tendencies. So I mean, you gotta kind of kind of match. You gotta match in everything that you do. You do well, but also you gotta just be aware for, for anything. I mean, I'm a great offensive rebounder, so I knew I was really gonna touch the ball really that week. So just stay on the glass and get extra possessions and I work everyone and I'm going to be fine. So uh, that's why I had my mindset on just to do it. And uh, ultimately I did it. So I was happy with myself. Was it more challenging for you to kind of get on the same page with your teammates or really adjusting yourself to the level of competition when you first started playing in the summer league? Uh, I mean, it's kind of both. I mean, you kind of, you kind of don't want to embarrass yourself. These are people, the first time people see you, uh, first time people really saw me. I mean, I don't think most of the people on my team will know where I where I even came from, or school, or if I even played two on basketball. So you kind of just want to prove that you you can play. Uh, but um, you just want to. I, I I just wanted to outwork everyone. I just. Uh, but you also want to just uh, play well and just get recognized. So that's what I did. Now, a lot of the guys, like, obviously you're playing with a bunch of other guys that are trying to make an NBA roster. Did you ever feel like it was just like a, uh, almost like a, this might be a dated reference for you because you're young, but like a rock and jock situation where people were just trying to get theirs and not necessarily trying to help each other? Not, I don't want to say win the game, but like maybe it was taken away from you a little bit uh, and a chance to sh- uh, show what you can do? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's where, I, where, I mean, 
it happened like that in almost every situation. And when it's, it's if it's a business, it's gonna be always someone who's gonna uh, go out the norm and try to uh, show that how good they are. But if you in this situation, if you force yourself to try to do well, ultimately you're gonna make yourself look like a a clown. So I mean. I mean, you could just see you could just see those people who force the game and they they throw up thirteen air balls, they dribble the ball off their foot. Uh, they're always yelling and blaming blaming teammates or something like that. So, I mean, every, scouts see that stuff. So, I mean, really, it's really not that uh, difficult to play with them. So, I mean, it's, it's fine for sure. Jamil, Joe, and I write about the NBA because we can't be players, and we write about basketball because we're we're beyond the point of being athletic or we don't have the qualifications a lot of the people that listen love the nba their dream to play in the nba what was it like putting on a dallas mavericks jersey even if it was just summer league like what was it like being like wow i'm an nba player right now oh it was fun i mean i didn't think i was when i, when I first started when i first got to Stonebrook, uh i had as a goal to play in the nba so i mean the first that would be on a summer league roster. I mean, it's all it's great to just when you look at it like, hey, I'm on the NBA roster right now. Uh, most people will kill for this right now, so I mean, I'm trying to make the best of my abilities. The most, uh, it definitely, definitely surreal. It's crazy to just see all the people that I always see on TV uh, just around. So. I, I thought I thought it was really cool and a surreal experience. So, did you go on like NBA dot com and search for yourself? I mean, did you do stuff <laughs> like that to to really validate I'm an NBA player? Well, come on, you know you already know me. I go I go to the Twitter box, search my name, uh, go on Google, search my name, uh, hashtag hashtag something, and see see if my name's showing up. I mean, I do I do everything else. Uh, do everything. Uh, Young adults or kids do so. <laughs> having fun with it. Awesome, 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 Jamil. So you had a really good summer league, really productive. You know, you showed a lot of the signs of being a really good interior player that you showed as a college basketball player. But you struggled with some injuries last summer, and ultimately, you know, you didn't make the Mavericks roster. You pass on some overseas opportunities, and you wind up in the D League playing for the Texas Legends. What was your first year in the D League like? Oh, it, it was up and down. I mean, uh, at the start of the season, I played with, with a, a, a ankle sprain. So, I mean, it was, I was trying to uh, – it was between getting healthy and proving yourself to try to get out the D-League into the NBA. So, I mean, I, I or me, on that, me personally, on the Texas Legends, uh, I went through a lot of role changes uh, this year. I went from being a fifth option to – being coming off the bench to then after also break uh, scoring a lot of points. So, I mean, I went. I had a, a pretty up and down season, but I enjoyed it. Um, I made some great friends on the Legends. Uh, learned from one of the best D League coaches in Bob McKinnon. So, I mean, I had a great time, uh, and it only helped me get better. And I'm going to use that experience to ultimately like uh, jumpstart trying to get it back to the NBA. Well, you you mentioned about how because you had a stretch where you're just like ridiculously productive, um, probably one of probably the first for a period of time, probably the most productive player in the D League. Did you, do you ever find a weird balance yet? Because you you're great on Twitter, 
and then like you'll you'll quote tweet the Texan Legends account, and they always have like you're always like in a video smiling or laughing. Do you ever find the bat like the balance because you're a bully on the court? You know what I mean? Like you just you toss guys around, you just uh, you rough them up. Your your um your demeanor like on Twitter or when you do interviews is way different than your how you were on the basketball court. Do you uh, ever think maybe like you should just be that guy all of the time? Or I, I know it sounds like a stupid question, but like you're you're this you're this, you're a bully on the court, and then you're just like you're just this really nice guy off it. Uh yeah, I mean I just that's just how I always been. I mean uh, I love uh I love talking to people. I'm, I, I I can be really shy for it, but once you get to know me, I'm really outgoing. Um, I try to make people laugh. I try to be the guy on the team to lighten up the mood because it's, it's a long season. Um, you gotta you gotta have one of them clowns on your team. Um, and then when I was injured for a period of time in early January, I, I just wanted to keep on making the team laugh uh, and be on the organization good side. So I just started making videos um, and doing everything they want me to do, but just add my own little twist. And I mean, that's just part of our personality, just trying to make people laugh and uh, not taking things serious until I step on the court. Jamil, was there a welcome the league moment for you, like somebody who you just couldn't keep up with or just realizing, you know, you were playing on a bigger stage than you had before? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the first first game, uh, we played the main right clause and Jalen Jones went down the lane and Tom Hawk threw me. And, uh, <laughs> then he got a technical foul. So, you know, the play <laughs> stopped. So my whole, all my teammates just looking at me like, damn. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, and then I'm always just getting back in college. I used to block so many shots, but now, who I get dunked on most of the time. So I mean, it's a, <laughs> a it's a great welcome to league moment. Knowing that um, I gotta I'm not that athletic, so <laughs> I gotta pick I gotta pick and choose my uh, jumping abilities wiser. In the in the same respect, who were some of the toughest guys that you played against this year? Like physically tough. Physically tough. Uh, Cliff Alexander. He's he's an animal. He's. He's he's built all muscle. Um, who else? Uh, Keith Benson from Sioux Falls. He was good, uh, but but there's a lot there's a lot of great players. I mean, Dakari Johnson. He's he's a, he's unstoppable. You gotta make his uh, his day tough, but he still end up with 25 points. So, I mean, those those bigs are really good, and uh, they they made my they made my job harder those days. But um, I got better those days, so I'm happy. Jamil, if you could, like, I'm sure you learned a ton of things over the course of the season, but if you could pick one thing that you learned that you could take into next season, whether that's in the NBA or the D-League or elsewhere, what would it be? I'll just say low-headed, uh, never too high, never too low. Um, there are going to be a lot of great days, and, and there are going to be some bad days. You just got to be preserved, uh, just ha- have fun while you're at it. I mean, most people would die out of have the career uh, that I'm having right now or we're having. So um, just enjoy it. Uh, sometimes look at the brighter side and uh, always find positive and, and the negative. So. That's awesome, man. Awesome stuff. I mean, that's what you're saying, which kind of segues into my next question, which is who are some of the players that really inspire you, you know, either growing up currently, who are some of your favorite guys to watch in the NBA? Uh. So when I was like six six in uh, eighth grade, I thought I was gonna be a, a footer. I, I thought I was gonna be seven feet. So I watched a lot of 
KG and Tim Duncan. So I mean, those those are my role models in those days. How those are two different guys personality wise, but when they step on the court, uh, they're all about buckets and uh, just uh, being the best player they can be. And then now I'm watching a lot of Draymond Green, uh, Zach Randolph. I mean, those guys are tough. Those guys can are really undersized big, so. They they make their they make their money off of being bullies uh, and being really aggressive. So I try to watch their stuff now, but um, I still watch a lot of old school big man post up games. So a lot of, I watch a lot of '90s basketball to uh, try to steal some post games. So I mean, those who are, those who are, I really watch. Now I don't want to get you in trouble, so you don't have to answer. But you said you watch a lot of Draymond Green. What do you think of his uh, technique? Oh, I mean. I, I, I love it. I mean, he—I I believe the most valuable player on the Warriors. Uh, How crazy that sounds, but I, I believe he is. A, he can guard anyone. He—he could take the heat for anything. Like the Kevin Durant situation, he's always there for Kevin Durant, even though a lot of people have a lot of negative output about him. So I mean, he's kind of like their bodyguard. I, I love how just he—he he just does everything for the team to win. I mean. Other than having that technical foul in the finals, I mean, you can show that he's a really good he's a really good piece, and he's going to be in the league for a long, long, long time. He probably should be a Hall of Famer if you keep it up. Now, if it Definitely. meant if it meant you could get into the NBA, would you adapt his um, his flailing kick, his flailing legs into your uh, game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably be doing it. I'll probably mop the I'll probably mop the floor. I'll probably set popcorn. <laughs> I'll probably ref they need me to. I mean, I'll be the towel boy. I mean, I'll do anything. Uh, I'll do anything for uh, to get in the league. So, hey man, you keep working the way you're working and playing the way you're playing, and we have no doubt that it's going to come for you at some point. But let, let's keep talking about the current NBA. I'm I'm really glad you brought up Draymond. I think he's one of those guys that is either criminally misunderstood or you know gets overrated sometimes. With that said, I I kind of agree with your point about him being the most valuable player for the Warriors. Just that their defense is on another level, and it's really because of him. I mean, Kevin Durant's been great for them defensively, too. Obviously, you have Andre Iguodala, but we look at this Warriors team. They're so good. They're so diverse defensively, and they're so good offensively. Do you think they should be the favorites to win the championship? Is that your prediction for the finals, that they're going to come back out and win again? Yeah, they've been my favorite since uh, KD signed with them. So, I mean, it was a great fit fit for that team. Um, Those guys are unselfish. They make the game really fun. And uh, they they kind of having a, a easy stretch right now because I mean the quiet the quiet Leonard injury yesterday kind of it's kind of probably gonna haunt them because the ankle sprain really so I mean they're but they're they're really good I mean they could be any team when they're full strength at, at the the other team full strength so I mean it'll be an interesting final I mean hopefully the Cavs make it hopefully we get the Cavs versus the Warriors in the finals again and um hopefully I go to another game seven. You know, it's easier for us to say that some teams don't have a chance because we don't have to get out there and play against these guys and we're not, you know, basketball players. But do you think that either Boston or Washington has a shot at stopping Cleveland from getting to the finals? Uh, it's just it's just hard to stop playoff LeBron. Playoff LeBron is one of the greatest things of all time. Uh, he just he, – he's, he's impossible to stop. Uh, I mean, with all the rules, too, you can, you, can, you can barely touch him. So, I mean – it's kind of you play nice on mercy, so and then they have so much shooting and talent that it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of tough to 
to beat that team four times out of seven games. Sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you and us, you know, we're on the same page about what we're expecting. And I mean, I don't know what NBA you're watching if you don't expect to see Cleveland and Golden State. It'd be really fun if whoever wins this Game 7 in the East can kind of give Cleveland a run. But, you know, I, I think we've been looking at a Finals rematch since before Kevin Durant even re-signed. With that said, do you, do you think Cleveland can give Golden State a hard time at all, or should this be, you know, relatively easy for Golden State? Yeah, I mean, they got LeBron James. LeBron James is the best player in the league. He's been there for a long time, and they also have Kyrie and a whole bunch of shooters. So, I just it, it could it could be another game seven, or 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 it could be five games. I mean, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see because they haven't played since I think February or something. So <laughs> it's kind of they they got better. They got better. Each team got better, so I mean it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of intriguing to see uh, who's going to go out. For sure, I, I couldn't agree more. All right, Jamil, I think that's all the NBA stuff we're going to make you go through. You, you're just awesome. We really appreciate your answers. Now it's time to do some relatively speaking podcast stuff and do absurd questions. The seal hit the music. Absurd questions. So Jamil's probably freaked out because we had like three minutes of silence <laughs> because uh, we we insert the music after the podcast during the edit process. But um, it's a radio trick. Yeah. So uh, Jamil, I'll go the absurd question first. Uh, that way you kind of understand how weird these things get. So uh, I'll direct it towards you, Jamil. Would you rather be in a spacecraft and fly all over the galaxy but have no destination or purpose, or drive across the country for the rest of your life? But only stopping to eat, sleep, and stuff of that that nature. Uh, spacecraft, <laughs> spacecraft by far. I rather I rather be in space, traveling around and driving. Are you? Are we, you know the whole Elon Musk thing about going to Mars. Would you go if given the chance? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely go. Never mind, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of aliens. So <laughs> I, I saw one. Oh my god! And I watched the. The new uh, a life movie with uh, all uh, aliens and stuff. Oof, I, I'm I'm, af- I'm afraid for a good few years. So I'm not- <laughs> oh man, yeah, J- Jamil's answer really resonates with me too. I am way afraid of the unknown. So you will keep me in a car and I will drive around the country and I will see you know South Dakota a thousand times before I go anywhere near space. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what well, about you? Well, well, we know my shtick. My shtick is that, like, I'm trying to get Elon Musk to give me a free ride to Mars. So, like, yeah, I'd go to space. Like, 100 times. Like, I mean, driving across country and only stopping to eat and sleep isn't isn't really fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean driving across the country is, is kind of terrible, but uh, you don't know what's on the, you don't know what's on the, on the other planets on the, in the galaxy, so I don't, and, I don't know. It's kind of tricky. Yeah, Joe, you also didn't specify what kind of car we'd be driving. I mean, if I, if I could switch it up or, like, Grand Theft Auto it, where I'm just picking up whatever car I want, however I want it, whenever I want it. I mean, that might be the move. Yeah, but it's still a car. Yeah, I mean, but it's, like, it's, it's kind of the different type of car. If it's like a Volkswagen, then I'd rather just go into space, <laughs> just go, go away for a long time. But if it's like, if it's like a, a Range Rover or a Mercedes or a nice car, I, I can drive it. Not only that, but like we've all seen like the space movies. Like all the women that are in spaceships are always beautiful. Like there's never like. Like Prometheus, Charlie Theron's beautiful. Um, I'm gonna blank at every other space travel movie. Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> is in that movie with Chris Pratt. 
Like, there's never, like, an ugly, um, like, uh, shipmate on space with you. You know what I'm saying? Your odds are yeah. high to do well. Yeah, until uh, 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 Ellie ain't come to you. <laughs> Kills everyone, boy. You should steal your girl, the alien. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not messing with that, man. Give me a car, whatever car I want, however many cars I want. Yeah, I'm. I'm driving. Well, you don't even know what food is in space. What if you get up there and you're really eating? Like, you know, they have space ice cream and that stuff, which is just like I don't know, dried milk or whatever it is. I don't want that life. I like my life. <laughs> All right, Jamil. Jamil, you're up, man. What's your absurd question for the show? Uh, if you're the type of pizza, what would you be? Wow, wow, wow. That is amazing for the show. Joe, you go first because I, I know my answer and I'm going to get shit for it. So uh, go ahead, Joe. Well, yeah, I, I, I'd probably be a pineapple pizza. Because, oh, no. no, but listen, because I'm all show and no go. Like, I, I'm, I have no substance. I'm all flash. I have actual no, I bring nothing to the table. Um, just like a pineapple pizza, which is highly debated on Twitter. But let's be honest, pilot, pineapple pizza is trash. So, yeah, hey, I kind of hey, just call myself trash. Uh, Jamil, Jamil, what's your stance on pineapple pizza? This this is big. This is important. I would never, ever, ever, ever even. No, nah, I'll probably eat it. Um, man, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the, it depends. If I want to throw up one day, I'll probably eat pineapple wow. pizza. If, if I love my life, I'm just I'm just probably not get pineapple pineapple pizza. Oh my gosh, the hate, the hate on the pineapple pizza. My wife is a pineapple pizza, I don't even know what you'd call enthusiast. It's, it's all she knows. It's her way of life. So Probably I've adapted it as well. I like it. I was going to answer myself as pineapple pizza, but Joe, your, your uh, response of calling it trash and calling yourself trash <laughs> kind of turns, turns me away from that. I'm going to have to think about this now. Jamil, what would your answer be? Uh, I'll have to go barbecue chicken pizza. My man, because I'm, I'm, ama- I'm It's a great, it's a great show. Um, uh, amazing taste. Um, just, just barbecue, barbecue chicken pizza. Just <laughs> <laughs> everything's really great about it. So. There's no denying that you were telling the truth. Yeah, barbecue chicken, uh, buffalo chicken. You can't go wrong with chicken on uh, pizza. No, it's, a, it's a big difference for, between barbecue chicken, and buffalo chicken. I, I can't stand buffalo chicken, but barbecue chicken. I can I can eat that any day. So you can't stand buffalo chicken on pizza or in general? Uh, on pizza. Okay. Okay. Well, why is that? Is that like a, you got to keep these two great things great on their own? I mean, uh, it just one. I just had a bad experience one time. I, <laughs> I I went to the pizza parlor. I asked for barbecue chicken, and they gave me buffalo chicken, and I wasn't paying attention to one, and I and I ate it, just suspecting a barbecue taste, and it was just ah. Uh, I was disappointed, and I just never came back after that. I just never really trust barbecue, uh, buffalo pizza ever again. That's fair, man. It only takes one bad, bad experience to ruin it. I, I can understand. Uh, for my answer, I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to say a Sicilian slice just because I really like Sicilian pizza, and uh, I don't have a good answer. I'm sorry. I let you guys down. Hey, uh, you were for your favorite pizza. I, I, I guess I guess that's a good idea. I that's guess. that's that's the move. I guess that's the move. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's end the show with my absurd question. Jamil, why don't you answer first? If you could be the greatest at anything besides your profession of all time, what would it be and why? Uh, gotta say, soccer. Maybe soccer. 
if, if, if I can say that. I noticed in your the Warney files. So you did the Warney files for uh, Upside Ridiculous, which is I want to say the SB Nation uh, network. So you wrote about that, and you wrote that you weren't good at FIFA. FIFA isn't your game. How come soccer? You see, you see the money they make. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, my, oh my god! If, if I could be great at soccer, oh my! Uh, all I do is play two years of soccer. I'm, I'm for life. Oh my god! I think it's the other way around, where soccer players just play two years of basketball and then they're set for life. Not basketball players play soccer for two years. I mean, you could talk to some of these guys, though. I know uh, Marcin Gortat used to be like a great goalie. It it runs in basketball bloods, man. You should take it up. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, what can I do? Can I be a goalie and, and the score? The score is always one nothing. I don't want to be the reason for that one goal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't. That's really insightful. Joe, what would you be? Uh, so I could be the greatest at one thing in the whole world? Yes. A uh, lover. Because, I mean, like, <laughs> think about those bragging rights. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you the best at? Being a lover? Like, how, you, how would you not do well? <laughs> it's also a good opportunity for you, because I feel like if you say, I'm great at something, somebody says, prove it, and then, boom, right there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, I want to be the best guitar player. Someone's like, prove it. I start playing guitar. Guitar. They're like, like, cool, man. That sounds great. They're like, let's find out. You go in the room. You know. Good stuff, Joe. And I can also parlay that into money. You know what I mean? The, the, the digital age. I could set up a website. <laughs> there it is, man. Full, full circle. Yeah, I think I just gave my answer away. I'd, I'd rather not really guitar. I'd rather be like a classical instrument player just because I've never played an instrument in my life. And I feel like you're really cool if you can play an instrument. So what kind of classical instrument, though? Not the piano. Maybe like a violin. I don't know. Something like that. Like I would be like Marie Benari. I don't know if you guys know who that is. She's like a hip hop violinist. She used to do songs. She did like a song with like Kanye and Twista back in the day. I feel like I wish I could do that, but I can't. I like the piano. I think that's under. I know Pete. Like I know that's like the go-to classical stuff. But people that play a piano, man, there uh, there's something about them. I, I like them. I'm fans of piano players. I'm fans Jimmy, of pi- pianist. Back, back back in my day, uh, elementary school, I was a great violinist, and then um, I just I gave up. The, the teacher thought the teacher didn't think I was great enough, so he, uh, he took my he took my instrument away, and uh. And then uh, my hope, my love for instruments went away. If somebody handed you a violin right now, could you play or no? Uh, uh, in my head, probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably think I'm the best thing around, but um, I'll probably embarrass myself. But uh, in my head, I'll probably think I'm amazing. I should be a millionaire off the violin. <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. Well, look, that that's about all the questions that we had for you before we let you go you got any big plans for the summer what, what's on your agenda before you know the next basketball season uh just uh just being on the basketball road um a lot of workouts uh uh hopefully making it to another summer league um uh, enjoying my off time uh hanging with friends family uh but ultimately just keep on getting better and uh just having fun Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, we really want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. You're welcome anytime you want to come on. You know, we wish you the best of luck, of course. Uh, Again, you know, I'm a University of Hartford graduate, and my family is Stony Brook people. So being an America East person, you know, it was a lot of fun getting to watch you for the four years you were at Stony Brook, even if you were killing my team a lot of the time. (laughs) So, uh, you know, good stuff, man. We really wish you the best of luck. 
Everybody, go follow Camille on Twitter at Full Course Meals. That's M E E E L Z. Full Course Meals. Great Twitter follow. Great dude, as you heard today. Uh, Jamil, you got any parting shots? Uh, Harford suck. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on, dude. We do, though. We do. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Jamil, thanks again for taking the time to join us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Jamin's Hoops. Catch my basketball writing at FanRag Sports. Joseph, tell the good people where they can find you. On Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E, also at FanRagSports.com. All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hot takes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pupils are filling up their pockets. But not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world.